And now, Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. No, Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, We're one week out from the Vancouver International Wine Festival. We couldn't be more excited about getting out of this studio, Casey, and getting down to the uh, convention center to, uh, you know, rub elbows, taste some wine. It's the best time of the year. See the international wine world, along with uh, many locals. Uh, So we can't wait to get there. we got a lot planned today. Actually, we have a segment where we're going to... uh, uh, well, this is the way I'm putting it. We're going to sh- tell you where not to stand in the international tasting room. And I'm going to tell you how to get in early. Okay. Uh, we'll also be joined by Bryant Mao, uh, the wine director over at Hawksworth Restaurant and uh, Nightingale. Uh, Bryant's going to talk about the difference between those restaurants and how they're preparing for the wine festival and uh, with a big dinner. Uh, and uh, John Sebastian, better known as J.S. Dupuis, he's the beverage director at the Homer Street Cafe in Tableau. Uh, they have a wine dinner uh, featuring uh, two dinners, one from Matteron, one from Abruzzo, Italy, uh, that you're going to... Yes, I'm going one? to Tableau. To the, uh, you're going to the French one. Yes. To Matteron with Monsieur Brumont. Fantastic. And finally, Paul Cannings joins us from... Uh, uh, the Western Bay Shore, which will be our home away from home during the wine festival. It will, and you can find out where you can have in a dome my very favorite fondue from Some Switzerland. Sort of lustful winter dinner. Yes. There you go. All that and more coming up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save on Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save on Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. In town for the Vancouver International Wine Festival? You deserve a relaxing stay at the Weston Bayshore Vancouver. Enjoy refreshed guest rooms with breathtaking views of the harbor, North Shore Mountains and Stanley Park. Must try restaurants like H2 Rotisserie and Bar, plus recharge at the Vita Spa or at the newly opened Just Add Water Yoga Studio featuring a variety of classes like Meditation Made Easy, Flow Yoga and more. The Weston Bayshore Vancouver, proud supporter of the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Book your stay at the westonbayshore.reservations.com. In 1888, Isadora Boucherie settled in West Bank and soon after became renowned for his pedigree cattle. Legend has it, after treating Kelowna's father Pandosi to an epic steak and a bottle of Blaufrank quiche, he exclaimed, this has been the greatest meal this valley's ever seen. Well, aren't you the modest butcher the good father shot back? The name stuck. Now we celebrate the sacred Okanagan institution of dining with reckless abandon. The Modest Butcher, opening soon at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Hi, this is Duncan from Hillside Winery and Bistro. Join us this season for the ultimate Naramata experience. Delight your senses as you sit back and savor our locally inspired food and wine. Handcrafted wines made exclusively from Naramata grown grapes, 
terroir-to-table cuisine, and striking views of Okanagan Lake and its surrounding vineyards. It's all right here at Hillside Winery and Bistro. Don't miss their grand reopening the weekend of March 20th. Find out more details at hillsidewinery.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Joining us now from just down the street at the Western Bay Shores, Paul Canning. He's the GM and Danielle Cunningham uh, with Communications. Uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you Welcome for to the city, I should say to you, Paul. Yes. Thank you very much. You've been here for a few months. Uh, are you adjusting to the rain and the... <laughs> Absolutely. It's a little bit different from my last posting, which is in sunny Kuala Lumpur, but yeah. uh, I was here in Vancouver two years ago and loved it so much, decided to come back and live. Yeah. We really? say we always say it's great for the skin. There's nothing else we can say. <laughs> <laughs> so you've spent a lot of time in Asia. I have. So um, my posting before this, as I said, was in Kuala Lumpur for two years, and before that I was in South Korea for four years, mm. and before that uh, Sydney, Australia, where I was born. Wow. Nice. Nice. Well, a lot of them are here as vacationers and travelers now, so you you know the culture, I think. They are. They are. I went up to Whistler one day, and uh, I was served pretty much predominantly by Australians. So yeah. I, yes. I didn't know if I was in Canada they, or back in Sydney. They actually run the joint up there, mm. I think. Uh, what do you love about Vancouver? Definitely the the nature. It's such a beautiful city, and the surroundings are amazing. And that's what we fell in love with when we first came here. We stayed at the Bayshore two years ago. We yeah. we looked out, you know, from one of the balconies and had an amazing view over Stanley Park, and just fell in love with it from then on. And the further we explored um, Vancouver at that point, you know, we'd done Stanley Park and a lot of the other iconic attractions. We just fell in love, and we decided to come back. And mm. it's those things that we still remain in love with. You know, the the natural beauty. Well, uh, of course, we're going to be staying down at, at your hotel during the Wine Festival, which is quite a big week in the city. Uh, there will be some Australians there at that, too. Maybe you'll have a chance to catch up with them. But uh, I, I, do, do you think that people are connecting now? Like you, you touched on it, connecting with nature, and uh, like you're right beside Stanley Park. That seems like a, a gift for your, uh, you know, the people who stay in your hotel. Uh, uh, along with all those fantastic walkways, I guess, along the water. Yeah, I believe that, uh, you know, the programs that we have within the hotel really complement, you know, our location and mm -hmm. complement, you know, the people of, you know, Vancouver and, and their, what's near and dear to their hearts. And that's a lot of outdoor living. Um, we have, uh, you know, as you mentioned, we're, we're steps away from Stanley Park. Uh, we have a great run Western program, which uh, the team takes out some people, you know, once a week in winter, three times in summer. And uh, we run Stanley Park. We also have the Bike oh. Western program as well. Um, so guests can hire the bikes at any stage and uh, go out and explore the city. But especially, you know, Stanley Park is is the number one priority for run those guests. Run Wilson now. Run, you could get out and run the park. I could. I'll be running to the wine festival. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're speaking with Paul Cannings. He's the general manager of the Western Bay Shore and Danielle Cunningham, uh, communications manager. I would like to book a room in the summer because the Bay Shore has the best pool in the city. We do. Uh, we're very fortunate. We're the only hotel that has the pool, you know, right on the water there. And um, you'd be, it'd be a great opportunity for you to book with us because we're now 
you know, just finishing off our room renovation. Um, we're spending multi-million dollars on a complete uh, refurbishment of all of our guest rooms, 499 of them. Wow. And that's complementing the work that we've done over the last couple of years in, in, in refreshing our front of house uh, restaurants and lounges and bars. So yeah. it's a really great uh, finish to this program that's been going on for another number of years. What, what would be the sort of key thing with that refreshment of rooms? Like you guys get in a room and say, this is, has to happen, or do you get the feedback before you know what people want? Or what have you done in these rooms? Sure. Yeah, it's really a combination of some of the feedback that we receive from our guests and then also, you know, what is uh, expected from a Western brand perspective. Um, So Marriott, you know, has certain um, swim lanes with all their brands and we must make sure that we fit into that Western lifestyle brand. And for us, you know, we've gone through and we've replaced all of our beds and TVs over the last 12 months and now it's um, changing out all of our um, carpets, our uh, walls, (laughs) paper, all of our linens, all of our um, drapery, mm-hmm. and and then doing a total repaint of all those areas as well. So it's it's really a, a, a significant refresh throughout the entire yeah. property. Do people spend more time in their rooms today than they did 20 years ago, like in hotels? Or I don't think they do. And I think that now, you know, our public areas are so inviting at the Western. You know, yeah. we have some great opportunities for indoor and outdoor spaces. Sure. Um, as you said, the, the pool is a, a great location. And I'm new to the hotel and I haven't seen it in its full glory in summer yet. But uh, hearing the stories about what we do there f- to activate that pool experiencing summer, it's, it's really amazing. It is, and it's a very large pool, which is unusual to see now. It is, it is. And we have a bar that's out by the pool, so guests can, you know, get some food and beverage and, you know, sit by the pool and enjoy the, uh, the beautiful outdoor scenery of Vancouver. There's no reason really to leave the hotel. We hope not. Um, <laughs> we hope not. And we hope that the only reason you would leave would maybe to take a bike or do a run through Stanley Park and, uh, and again, you know, experience the beautiful park. It's, it's truly iconic in the city. And now you're even celebrating Winterlust. We celebrate Winterlust, we do, and uh, it's been an enormous project for us and we've been very excited. The, the feedback from our guests that have been staying and using the program has been absolutely tremendous. It um, we we have three domes that are situated out on our outside terrace, and then we also have a den. And uh, you know that that program is meant to finish at the end of this month, but due to popular demand, we're actually looking at uh, how we can extend that uh, for another month or two. So stay tuned. Yes. Uh, there could be a special announcement very soon from us. And with that colder weather too, it's helping you extend the snow globe. Absolutely, absolutely. And and those globes, you know, they can accommodate uh, from two to six people. And uh, we've done a fantastic menu in there. The spe- the chef has, you know, done a, a special, you know, selection of foods, local produce. Um, and that's really complemented by, you know, our teas and, and uh, coffees, uh, you know, during the day. And then mm-hmm. in the evening, a special, you know, selection of cocktails, which have been absolutely outstanding. And fondue in a snow globe. What could be better than a fondue <laughs> Not this a lot. time of year? Not really. a lot. I have had the fortunate opportunity to, you know, indulge in the that myself a couple of times. And that's absolutely one of our best-selling menu items. And uh, we receive a lot of positive feedback from that. And I think that uh, what we've learned from that, it's probably something that we're going to look at continuing on in some form, you know, throughout the rest of the year because we've just had such a resounding positive impact on the, on the guests. Well, I was impressed when I saw it, so I'm so pleased to hear that uh, a lot of other people are too. Fantastic. 
We're going to be there uh, throughout the wine festival. What So what are some of the things people can do now? You've done a lot uh, in the front end already. So uh, with bars and restaurants, what are the, how does that set in the hotel? Yeah, so um, of course each tasting lounge right when you walk in, it's like this sophisticated art deco kind of space. We mm-hmm. have an amazing selection of wines, um, some international selections and reserve wines, but uh, quite a few BC options as right. well, which is great to keep it local. Um, that really complements our local um, produce and meats that we carry. Um, everything we do in both H2 and H Tasting Lounge are very local, so keeping it Vancouver and BC-based wherever we can. Um, there's also the spa. So Vita Spa is uh, just down the hallway as well, so if people feel like taking shifting gears and taking it a little slower, they can choose from a selection of um, you know, manicures, pedicures, body wraps, facials, massage, um, available for couples or just individual guests. Well, I think you should book a body wrap for Tony for, for the festival because <laughs> he's going to need one. With I need all it at the end, I think. Speaking and all the dinners we go to. It's yeah, a little detox. Crazy. One thing I found fascinating in the cocktail lounge is that you're matching food to cocktails, which is unusual. Yeah, so the beverage program actually came first. So the cocktails take center stage um, and then the food that uh, the chef has kind of come up with, he he consults with the bar team as he's creating that menu. So it's very collaborative. It's very um, interesting to see how some of the flavors in the foods are um, really complementing those cocktails and making sure they take center stage. And uh, our team of premium bartenders, too, are so creative. So they're always doing some forward thinking to see how they can blaze the trail and create new trends in the, in the city. You've also got a great team in the kitchen. We do, yeah. A couple of crazy people like Brody, (laughs) big guy that comes into the show, and and uh, it sounds like they're always experimenting with different dishes. And yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and it's great because the the two restaurants are so different. So there's H two, which serves more family style, kind of casual farm to table dining, where H Tasting Lounge is a little more refined and tasting plate. and cocktails meant mm. to complement the cocktails so um, we have two very distinct offerings for sure we live in a crazy world paul what do, what do you think about wh- where are your guests going to come from this year do you think will there be a, a change a shift or will it no we, we still predominantly think you know canada and the u.s and they're our you know number one and number two markets right. and uh, you know we have a large drive market that uh, comes from Seattle and sort of all those cities you know around there Sure. and um, you know we, we have great, great patronage uh, from those guests and uh, a lot of return guests that come to us mm-hmm. as well and um, you know we're excited that we have a lot of special promotions out there in the market right now to you know accommodate you know all guests throughout any time of the year whether it be you know our winter last or throughout our summer programming mm-hmm. we also uh, you know should mention that we've got a wonderful yoga studio as well and and, uh, you know, you talked before about how do you relax. That's a, It's been a great addition to the property over the last few months. And mm-hmm. uh, not only for our in-house guests, but also for locals as well. So you're, you're like loaded for this season. The rooms are done. <laughs> everything is set. It's time to to get on, get on with it, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, we're very excited. And um, once we finish our room, you know, refurbishment program in early April, then we'll have all of our guest rooms reopened for business. And uh, we're very excited uh, mm-hmm. about the summer and the opportunities that allows us. Well, we're excited to be there uh, next week, actually, is uh, the time has come, so we'll be able to check everything out firsthand. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today on the, on the show.
Great to catch up, and uh, spring's around the corner. It's going to be daylight till 7, 7.30 the next couple of weeks. It's going to start. We love it. Fantastic. Thank You're welcome, you. and we look forward to um, welcoming you next week. Great. Thanks Thank so you. much. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Danielle you. and Paul. Uh, both from the Weston Bayshore, our home away from home next week during the Vancouver International Wine Festival. So uh, tune into the show. We'll be keeping up today. Case will be running back and forth along the seawall. and uh, To the spa, Getting Tony. spa wraps. And the fondue. And, uh, fondue, yeah. We'll have it all. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Plenty more to come. Uh, J.S. Dupuy joins us. He's the beverage director, th- director at the Homer Street Cafe and Tableau, next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The Upper Bench of BC's Similkameen Valley. For those in the know, it's a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. And it's here, nestled in a sun-laden, stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clodisole Winery. Surrounded by an idyllic organic vineyard using natural ferments and small art artisanal winemaking, they produce elegant and age-worthy wines that reflect the unique land. You can find Clotus Olay wines in fine wine shops and restaurants across the province or order online at clotusolay.ca. It's Jesse here from Black Hills Estate Winery, inviting you to join us this winter to experience the best that BC has to offer. Enjoy an educational seated wine flight and sample our flagship red wine, Nota Bene, while taking in the serene vineyard views. Or check out our online store for seasonal specials, new wine releases, and more. We're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit blackhillswinery.com. Discover a true wellness-centered oasis in the heart of Canada's only desert at Spirit Ridge Resort in Osoyoos. Wake up to stunning views from your condo, suite, or villa. Enjoy modern vineyard cuisine inspired by Indigenous history and culture at the bear, the fish, the root, and the berry. Tour and taste at award-winning Ink Meep Cellars. Or just relax and rejuvenate at their on-site spa. Spirit Ridge, an experience like none other. Part of the Unbound Collection by Hyatt. Check online for spring break packages. Visit spiritridge.ca. Join BC Food and Wine Radio at the 42nd Vancouver International Wine Festival, February 27th to 29th. Theme country is France. For a free international festival tasting ticket worth up to $115, choose from four sessions. Book a downtown hotel via stayvancouverhotels.com by February 13th. Details are at vanwinefest.ca. Limited supply, so book now. Come see Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson talking with international and BC vine stars in the tasting room at the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Don't wine and drive. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We're joined with, by uh, John Sebastian, better known as J.S. Dupuis. He's a beverage director at the Homer Street Cafe and Tableau. Uh, two outstanding eateries in Vancouver. Welcome back to the show, JS. Thanks for having me. Uh, you've been busy. Very busy. And uh, are you psyched for the wine festival? I'm you, very excited. You're involved in a big dinner. There are many dinners for the wine festival that are mostly all sold out now, uh, including your dinner, which is on February 24th, the King of Mataran. Uh, well, there's actually a few tickets left for that one. We're doing one on Homer Street with uh, Yassi Marcassani, the uh, okay. taste of Abruzzo. That one is sold that out. That one is sold yeah. out, Abruzzo. Okay, and the French one will be, I guess, in the next 
few days or whatever. Hopefully. People should go. Uh, Alain Brumont is great. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, which one are we going to talk about first? Let's talk about the one I'm going to, <laughs> the King <laughs> of Mataran. And let's talk a bit about how much skill goes into the organization of a wine festival dinner. Well, it's it's a lot of organization. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of time. It's like herding cats. Is try to get everybody together and and get the wines, um, which is some of the most complicated things to get because we some of the wines were. Well, are you that saying thing. that wine regulations are complicated in British Columbia? Because uh, I'm unaware of that. No, that there's it's easy. It's easy. Easy it's peasy. You phone for them and they show <laughs> yeah, up, yeah, right? They just show up at your door. What a joke! Like this has been going on for 44 years. I just don't understand wh- what the government thinks they're doing in this. Anyway, I, I'm going to stay out of that part of it. But well, I think the, the challenge is you're going. You're actually going through the consulates to get well, the yeah, wines. Oh yeah, because we had to get some of the wines are not available here, so we right. need to taste them. And then one shipment, uh, oh my God, and three or four bottles free. were broken. Oh, my God, and they're tax-free, and the government's going to lose a, oh, know, yeah. a couple hundred bucks there on their two, three billion dollar enterprise. Yeah. Well, the, the worst thing is that the, the bottles came in broken. That was the oh. – so we had to get more. Yeah. Uh, but then we kept the wines, and we all sat down uh, with the chefs, uh, the sommelier, um, and then we taste them. And then we – you know, we want to make it so it's from the Mazirin, so the, what's the food there? Like, we want to make it true to the region. Yeah, let me stop you. The Mataron, what does that mean? What should consumers know about Mataron? Well, south, southwest of France, okay. uh, you know, south of Bordeaux, uh, closer to Spain. A lot of delicious, delicious, very rich and uh, decadent Intense food. wines, yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be very excited yeah. uh, to work. Lot, lots of game meat, um, especially at... Um, game birds mm-hmm. so it's yeah it's, it's very excited and then we're we're drinking a lot of tana which is not the most popular um the most popular grape in uh nbc no. so, so uh, hopefully so people it's a get discovery, discovery. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the whole point of it well that's the thing like when you're doing a wine dinner there um it has to be you have to kind of step outside of your comfort zone sometimes like hey, let's try something new and have yeah. fun which the chefs love right yeah and at the end of the day i always say you know if you drink a glass of wine that you didn't like, you still got to drink a glass of wine. So Exactly. You know, you're, let's have the battle. We're speaking with uh, J.S. Dupuis, the beverage manager for the Homer Street Cafe and Tableau, and we're talking about a couple of uh, uh, winemakers' dinners. Uh, so uh, France is the <coughs> France is the theme country, so you're doing that at Tableau, but yep. even though Homer Street Cafe is a French restaurant, you're going to do Italian. Yeah, well, Homer Street, it kind of started as a... French influence restaurant, but we kind of it kind of morphed throughout the years. Uh, the box got a little bit bigger. Uh, yes. You know, we we base on a French cafe with the rotisserie, but a lot of countries can do rotisserie, and we have so much more to offer. So we decided to play. Um, we do very very well with uh, other European countries, especially Spain and Italy. Um, we've been serving uh, Yakimas Marcasani for a long time by the glass at. Uh, Homer Street, and it was just a great fit to do something with them, and also very excited. Which is a, a small family winery yeah. from Abruzzo. From Abruzzo, in, uh, 100% sort of, organic. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, both these dinners from Abruzzo and Mataran are not regions people are normally lined up to nope. hear about or taste about, which I think is great. That's the whole point of the wine festivals, to yeah. discover. Uh, and as you say, you've been serving them for a while. What can you tell us about this producer and their wines uh we just you know when you think about italian wines it's just just such great food wines um you know because because that's what they do they drink yeah. and they eat 
Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, the food is meant to be consumed with wine, and wine is meant to be consumed with food. It's just, it's a cultural thing. Uh, the beautiful acidity in their wines. Yeah. And it's just I imagine the acidity and the texture as well. Like uh, I, yeah. I think when most people ask about matching food and wine, it, start local. What grows there and yeah, what, what vegetables grow there usually go with the wines that go there. I mean, there's a symbiotic relationship between that. The people don't really sometimes connect, which they yeah. should. Well, that's the whole part of the old world, and it's just you know if you if you if it's part of the culture. Uh, you know, part of my family is Greek, and, and yeah. it's the same thing over there. You just you drink wine with food. It's just the way it is. It's, just, <laughs> yes. it's not always good well, wine, well, why but it's would always you, wine. Why would you eat in a local restaurant for this very same reason? Like, you live down the street, you eat locally, and then all yeah. of a sudden you go there, you taste wine that goes with the local food. It's, yeah. it's really a natural thing. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And love I, I love the events you're going to be doing, uh, Burgers in Bordeaux. Yeah, it starts today. Today's Excellent. the first day at Tableau. Um, a fun little promotion where all of our Bordeaux will be 30% off yeah. by the glass, by the bottle. And, uh, all, and all of your Bordeaux producers will be freaked out. But <laughs> I, I think it. they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll just I be know. happy that they get the sales. It's a, new, it's a new wine world. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's just, it's meant to be fun. Like, you yeah. know, we're, it's, we're a French restaurant and French restaurant, you know, sometimes are very traditional, but at the end of the day, it's just food is fun, yeah. and wine is fun. And how and long will that promotion be on? Uh, so it's going on until March 3rd. Great. So through the wine festival. Yeah. And then you come up with, uh, I love the April wine. April wine. It seems uh, seems fitting. You know, we do a lot of things with music at the restaurants, and uh, I name a lot of my cocktails with uh, through rock and roll songs. And and uh, being from Montreal, April wine has a you know, big big presence in Montreal they lived there for quite a long time and it was just something fun that we that we thought about doing and you know drinking wine is great drinking wine at 20% off is even greater right. <laughs> so that's like at that. April wine 20% off and that's at both Homer Street Cafe both Homer Street and Tableau and yeah Tableau. everything is going to be 20% off by the bottle so any bottle sometimes you know and again it's just that discovery piece right people yeah. uh, be like oh, this one is a bit out of my budget at 20% off it's like let's try it out it looks great and then, uh, no, I, I, I love it. I love what you're doing. I'm very concerned at the moment about wine. The, the you know the culture of wine has been pretty much diminished uh, by a lot of things happening in our society. Uh, but also this the, these dry months, not drinking, all of this stuff has conspired to really uh, impact wine sales and and wine in general. I could care less about wine sales. I often say I, I wouldn't mind going back to 1975 when you actually bought a book and read it and then said, gee, maybe I'll try that wine. Yeah. Uh, whereas today, things have gone crazy in the marketplace. So things like burgers in Bordeaux, most people don't even know what Bordeaux is. Yeah. It's been priced out of you know their life, and they haven't tasted it in 20 years. Yeah. So to and have a chance to try normal Bordeaux, like uh, of the many 10, 20,000 Chateau versus this, the, the 30 that people talk about and never drink. Yeah. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's just, and it's, again, it's just it's just about being fun. And it's just what the restaurant business is supposed to be. Yeah. It's hospitality, it's being fun, it's having a good time, sharing a glass of wine, a bottle of wine with friends. And do you, burgers see, are like, do you see their eyes light up when yeah. they, they get that? I'm sure when they get that burger and that glass of Bordeaux, they're going to go, God, why haven't I been doing this yeah. for the last 10 years? And you don't have to have a burger. Like, we call of it burgers course. in Bordeaux because yeah. it sounds really good. Yeah. Yes. But you can have it with you can anything. Have anything. You, want. Yeah. you can have the steak frites. You can, you can have it on the zone. You know, th- your French fries are the best in the city. Oh, thank you. They are excellent. So, is the burgers in Bordeaux available at lunch also? Lunch as and long dinner? As long as we're open. Okay. Yeah. So you have a your menus 
pretty much the same for yeah. lunch and lunch dinner. Lunch and dinner. With specials. Yeah. And a burger's always on the menu, and it's a very, very delicious burger. Yeah. Best pate in the city. Oh, yeah. <coughs> We've got, uh, we just tweaked our menu last week, actually. There's a couple of changes that uh, our new chef, Robert Milron, uh, uh, brought in, and it's just so much fun. It's so delicious. Uh, both places are, are uh, uh, close to the wine festival. Tableau's very close very to close. the... What, what are the hours? Are there any extended hours? Or when can people order food after the tasting room closes? How, do, we're, how we're is that open, working? Uh, we serve food until the very end. So we close uh, during the week at 11 on Sundays through Thursdays and midnight uh, Friday and Saturday. Okay. And we serve food until midnight. We have a great happy yeah. hour. Great burger on a happy hour. So you can go to happy hour, then go to the festival, then go back go and back have dinner at 10 o'clock. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah drink some places. wine. And, and the staff is great. The staff is fantastic. Yeah, and I know sometimes a lot of people, after wine fest, they like to have a beer because yeah. they've been drinking a lot of wine. Sure. So we have great beers on happy hour. Yeah. You know, it's just, again, it's just, just come and have fun. Yeah. We'll turn uh, the music up and have a good time. JS, thanks so much for coming in today. Uh, really love the April wine. Uh, <laughs> reminds me, actually, of, of a fantastic lyric of theirs, which goes, Tonight is a wonderful time to fall in love. Uh, it is indeed. So uh, let's head out. Uh, let's be smart, people. Don't drive. Get out there. Enjoy the food and wine. Have a great wine festival week. And um, check out these two restaurants. I, I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. Not at all. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, still to come on the Best of Food and Wine Radio Network, Bryant Mao joins us. He's the wine director at Hawksworth Restaurant in Vancouver. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save on Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards, plus there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save on Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. Gizmondionwine.com, BC's destination for finding great wine at all price points. With their easy-to-use search engine of over 30,000-plus tasting notes, you can find the wines you want by price, points, and more. Bookmark Gizmondionwine.com for the new notes posted daily, each with a photo of the label. Get new ideas and find great buys with seasonal and weekly top 10 wine lists, original stories, and videos. If wine matters to you, join us at Gizmondionwine.com. Follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gizmondionwine.com. Mondi on wine. Come and get married in the land of Ing at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyas. Beachfront on Osuyas Lake, Canada's warmest lake. One stop for all your wedding dreams. Gorgeous lakefront suites at Watermark Beach Resort for you, your family, and your friends. Farm to table South Okanagan cuisine. Dining and whining, laughing and celebrating deep in wine country. <laughs> Connect today. Weddings at watermarkbeachresort.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Red, red wine. 
Welcome back to the BC Food of Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're gearing up for the Wine Festival, if you haven't noticed. And our next guest is uh, one of the biggest wine guys in town. Well, actually, he's one of the littlest wine guys in town, too. <laughs> Probably the littlest. Uh, <laughs> Bryant Mao. He's the wine director over at Hawksworth. Uh, and, folks, this kid can taste, which is always a good thing when you're a wine director. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Uh, I, I'm always, I always wonder how people find out they can taste or learn how to taste. or. And how, how did, did you get into wine? Uh, I always work in the restaurant hospitality background, like starting as a bartender. So you get taste yes. spirit to start. Yeah. And then by creating cocktails, it's kind of like cooking. You have to understand the flavor profile, like the acidity level, sugar level, mm-hmm. and that's a good way to start. I think I wouldn't even call that's my palate, but it's a good way to sort of the train of how to taste in a way. Just like But even before that, <coughs> when when you're growing up, was was food and tasting food, was that a did did you do that as in a normal practice? Like a lot of people grew up eating food. Yeah. Never tasting it. I think I was lucky in a way my dad used to be uh FMB director for Grand Hyatt in Taiwan. Okay, so, there we go. Really? And my mom is a fantastic home cook. Yeah. And in my memory, we always dine out, like to get exposed to a lot of different cuisines, yeah. like like sushis sure. or Mongolian barbecue, dim sums, or uh, at a very young age, like the Japanese style, like the teppanyaki. So like a lot of uh, important like birthdays, anniversaries, it's, there's always food associated. Mm-hmm. And also my mom is a very good cook because my dad is a very picky eater ah. based on his unlike, job. Unlike you. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're quite particular we're quite palate. Particular. Yes, yeah. right. We're speaking with Bryant Mao. He's a wine director at uh, Hawksworth Restaurant. He's also getting ready for the Vancouver National Wine Festival next week and has a big dinner with somebody who I like a lot. Uh, I think you guys are a good match, too. Uh, you're a song, but you're not really a song. I mean, what What uh, do you think I am? <laughs> well, you're, you are actually a natural, normal person, too, when it comes to wine. Uh, I like that about you. And I think when people, if you look at the wine list that you have, it's it's varied, but it's not nutty. It's Everything is in its place. And uh, anyway, uh, Michel Gassier is coming from the south of France. Uh, you love the wines of the south of France. Yes, I th- thing with this year the focus of uh, or the thing of one festival is friends right and then uh, Domaine Gassier and Michel Gassier I think is a very important figure because in terms of quality and quantity just the wine and diversity they produce mm-hmm. uh, really showcase not just Rome Valley but a lot of uh, area the variety down in France well Costier de Nîmes that's the whole question is yeah. it in the Rhone or isn't it is it in, in Provence depends in who you Rome? ask like, where I is guess. it that's depends a great question guess. for him that night yeah. I think yeah uh, back go ahead, to Casey. yeah, back to like, what is the difference between uh, the palate of a sommelier and a critic's palate? Would you say? I think it's very similar. Uh, the palate, they both has to be trained. Yes. Like through various tasting, and then for food credit, like you have to go through a lot of different meal, a lot of different flavors. Same thing with sommelier is they taste through from the entry level to that's it in terms of dollar value for the entry-level wine to all the way to the really premium. So for fruit credit, you have to be understand like the, the $3 street food or the hawker stand in Singapore sure. all the way to the Michelin three-star that could cost you 500 euros. But, but it's very... Pers- 
subjective in a way. Yes. But it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's only one person's palate. And you're f- and you're more focused on wine with food as compared to say a wine writer who's tasting wines without food. I think it's all very related because food and wine kind of goes in hand to hand, and not just wine. Because I also love, and my partner also love food as well. So a lot of our trips, it's based on visiting various different restaurants, and then to tasting the food by tasting different cuisines and continue tasting new things that also enhance and help your palate as a sommelier, because you have to understand the food and the flavor as well to match with the wine. So it's kind of like a continuous training on both tasting wine and tasting food, and also to find out what's happening in the both culinary world and the wine world. Uh, what's new, what's trendy, yes. any new technique, what's the new grape varietal, or what's the chefs is doing, and then you have to be able to stay current. One of the big questions in the wine business at the moment that everybody's wrestling with is whether uh, folks like you will let go of the uh, baby boomers and embrace the millennials or not. And, uh, you know, sales are flagging a bit at the top end. And, you know, you hear stuff about millennials, well, they want wines with value. Well, that's news to me because I've been writing about value wines most of my life. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't feel the love from that sector. But... But what do you think? How, I don't think how it's do you a manage that generational thing? I think back to the food and wine. As long as stuff offer value, doesn't matter you baby boomer or Generation X or even millennials. If the quality and the value is there, people will buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just based on how much you can afford. Because if the quality and the food that says a ten dollar bottle of wine, if that's a ten dollar bottle of wine you can find at that price range, people will still purchase. And then same thing is a thousand dollar bottle of wine. Does it actually give value to what you're paying? And also is the affordability at different person. So I don't think it's a generational thing. I think for us as a smale or wine enthusiast is to finding the right wine to the right people and not just generational or based on their age in the way it's more so to your palate okay let's use your restaurants to do that you have two two main restaurants we talk about hawksworth and nightingale yes are the wines different in each and how how does that work and yes the wine is very the focus is very different because mm-hmm. you have to look at your target market who come through your door daily and then who ah, are real customers trying? Real customers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, who are you appealing to? Who's willing to buy your product? Like like any business, you have to know who you sell your product to. Mm-hmm. So for Hawksworth, we focus on a little bit more sort of the best producer, best region, things with age. Uh, definitely because the setting and the ambiance and the food, maybe we can push it a little bit higher price point, but still you need to offer value. Yeah. And what's Nightingale yeah. um, going to be doing, planning during the festival? Are they going to be open late? I know there isn't a dinner there, but how are they going They're to focus actually, on uh, Because it's very close to the conference center, so we always get a lot of producers, the agencies, yes. and uh, in-between breaks or in-between tasting. And also the people goes to the wine fest. It's like a quick it is. stop. Because the style, you can very quickly get a pizza, glass of wine, um, salad, something quick and easy. And also the room, uh, the lounge, there's no reservation. So it's first come, first yes, serve. at the it bar it, and yeah, in the lounge. Make, that's always packed during the break. So that the next week starting, it's just going to be very full on for Nightingale in a way. And how would you describe the Nightingale wine list? Nightingale, 
because of the clientele and a bit more casual setting, uh, we are focusing on still very good quality, good producer, but maybe a little bit outside the box, a little bit new, a little bit unknown. And we have a little bit more experimental with the producer and the wine. And also because the dining cuisine is different. It's a lot more small plate. You don't do one wine per dish. You have to think about the wine that's very versatile to cover a lot of different flavors in a way. So yeah. for us, like high acidity, high tone, uh, low alcohol, soft tannin, but so coming from different areas <coughs> all just, over the just, world. Just for yeah. an experience. So if you're selling a Merceau in Hawksworth, what are you serving in Nightingale? Uh, we don't need a Merceau, but in yeah. that, if people are looking for Burgundy, we'll find something from Macon. We can yeah. find from the uh, satellite region. If they like that style, we can easily do a Chardonnay from Northern Italy, or yeah, we can do a New World like Australia. Just even, th- not doesn't need to be Chardonnay. I think a g- good example, Tony, you remember the uh, Pasha uh, Stina. Oh, yeah. That's a full body richer style. It's it's not a replacement or substitute, but yeah. it's something that you can, if this is what you're looking for, try this. It's easier to find then than the guys who make it when they come, <laughs> when, when they come to the wine festival. You can, you can find that at Nightingale. They you, come every year. You see them the first hour <laughs> of the week, and then you don't see them the rest of the week. You, you can find that at Nightingale. I, I, yeah. I visit their winery, so yeah. uh, really lovely people. <laughs> Brian, what are your favorite wines to serve to um, visiting Psalms when they come into the city, local and uh, international? Local for people are not familiar with British Columbia wine. I think local is a must try just to showcase what we can do. It's not a comparison, but just to see, because a lot of people still don't know when they think internationally that outside the ice wine that Canada make wine. So even just show diversity of what we have in our backyard, it's very important. Uh, in terms of showing the small ale industry, I think most of the psalm or wine enthusiast, I think the champagne, I have a real love for Burgundy, Pinot Noir. Uh, and I think one thing that we're doing quite well at Hawksworth, and also thanks for David to give us the freedom to do that, is actually have the wine have a little bit aged and showcase at the right time. So you're not just having the current vintage. We yes. like to hold on to the wine as long as possible until it has a little bit aged to showcase what that wine should be. Mm. And then a lot of industry appreciate that because not many people get to do that. Yeah. No. Can you give us a couple local names you like in general? Uh, we have a really long-term relationship with the Meyer family. So Chris Carson, Jack Meyer, Chardonnay, Pinot, Chardonnay, Noir. Pinot Noir, yep. uh, definitely doing really well. Yeah. Uh, we also like to find some of the, the newer, younger producers in mm-hmm. a way. Like uh, before it was called Louis Nesson, now it's Winemaker's Car. They make a beautiful, really recent book prize, Syrah. Um, before that, uh, uh, McIntyre, that's a little different approach, kind of like a sub premium brand. Yeah, but coming Drew from the McIntyre, Lake the owner of Lake Breeze. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just something a little bit more smaller, a bit more family boutique oriented. That's yeah. sort of the style that we're looking for. Bryant, uh, great to see you. Thanks for coming by. Uh, I hope I'm going to see you at the wine festival a bit, walking around. I will be tasting. there. We I will see you Tuesday, twenty fifth. I'll see you at dinner. the dinner. Yeah, and then I'll be on at the tray tasting on Friday. For right sure. on. Yeah. Okay, Bryant Mao, Hawksworth, Nightingale, Sommelier, 
very good at what he does. Thanks for joining us on the Thank BC Food Wine me. Radio Network. Uh, still to come, uh, next week we're on location at the Vancouver National Wine Festival. We'll be on the floor uh, all three days. You can drop by and say hello to us. Uh, but next, we're going to give you some top tips on what to do in those walk-around tastings, how to look like a pro and have some fun and drink some great wine. It's the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Kalmana Family Estate Winery reminds you that it's time to join the 2019 Fellowship and reap the rewards. Kalmana's Fellowship not only brings people together through their love of Kalmana wines, it also features exclusive benefits only available to members, like access to the number series, Kalmana's small lot program, as well as unreleased library and rare wines from their portfolio. For details, visit kalmana.ca. Kalmana Family Estate Winery, creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and science. Blow away those winter blues and take a break at Tinhorn Creek. Their tasting room is open daily from 10 till 4 for a stress-relieving wine escape. Join the Crush Club and get VIP treatment, including regular shipments to top up your cellar, early access to new releases, and more. Plus, pick up your 2020 Canadian Concert Series Early Bird Passes online now and get all four concerts for the price of three. And don't forget, the Miradora Restaurant reopens for the season March 1st with a delicious new spring menu. Visit tinhorn.com. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. That's uh, our annual uh, walk the tasting room <laughs> advice. Uh, which we always have a lot of fun doing. Uh, I'm sure people know what to do by now, don't no, they? No, there's some great advice in here, Tony. And there's always new people, and uh, that's right. That have to be pushed and shoved out of the way, and <laughs> uh, well, I'm just saying. Sometimes you have to. Okay, here it is, folks. <laughs> like I'm going to start with my pet peeve. <laughs> get your I glass of wine. Say hello, ask your question, and get the hell out of the way. Like, don't stand in front of the booth for 15 minutes. It's not polite. Move it to the side, try it, go back in, move to the side, try it, go back in. If you want to taste all four wines, don't stand in front like the king of Farouk. Like, it's it's not, it's just unacceptable. Uh, okay, that was really my pet peeve about tasting the tasting And room. people want to know what to do. I, yeah. I've sent a couple of... Uh, of uh, tips for walk-around tastings, yeah. and everyone says, thanks so much for sending. All I right. think what's really important, plan your visit. The program is now available online, and so you, you can view it, look at what wines you'd like to taste by browsing through it, and create your own tasting Oh, list. you're so nice, Casey. Look, don't stand in front of the booth for 10 minutes, really. Okay, here. Uh, what about dress? We say black. Yes. There's so much spitting. And talking about spitting, 
don't stand beside the spit bucket. That's where everybody's headed to spit. You don't want to be and there. And I think, I think in the age of the, of, of the coronavirus, you just want to stay away from the from the, from the spit bucket. Yeah. Oh my God! Have you been drinking? I mean, this is crazy. All right. Okay. Here's my advice: right. arrive early. Okay. Some of the very best winemakers that have traveled from all over the world to come to the festival. So you should arrive early so you can maximize your chances of getting time with them by arriving early. Well, okay, I, except that, yeah, of course, arrive early to get in line. Yes, you want to arrive early the, to be in line. The That's what I said, is, arrive early. Yeah, here's another tip. Don't, don't wear a jacket. Like, put on a sweater because people, they stand in line to... To, to hang up their jackets. These are real tips. You could stand in line for 25, 30, 40 minutes just to coat check, and then you'll stand in line for an hour after to get your coat back. So scrap the coat, wear a sweater, or put a scarf on, whatever. You want to walk around the room. Like when you get there, you want to produce your ticket and try and get in the room as quickly Absolutely. as possible. Maximize Tony, your time. I never wear a jacket or a coat. I always just yeah. wear what I'm going to wear, whether it's a dinner or the festival, exactly for that reason. And make a beeline to the back of the room because everybody starts at the front of the room. So you've got, I don't know, 6,000 people on the Thursday night. So you want to get go to the back of the room and start there. Yeah, everybody's going to head for the theme region. Uh, but if you head towards the liquor store, which is at the back of the room, there's, you know, uh, there's at least 100 wineries uh, in that section. And they won't be that busy between 7 and 7.45. By then, you know, things pick up and everything gets busy all around the world. It all shakes out. But at the start, it's crazy in the theme region and not busy elsewhere. So that's a great tip. Drink lots of water. And my favorite water is there, Fiji, and it's free. It's free. So drink lots of water. Okay. Fine by me. Uh, stay hydrated. Uh, I, I think you got to have a plan too. You're talking about a plan. You have to have a wine plan too. So, like, let's let's just say that you want to explore Spain. So you you can look at the five or six Spanish producers, and then you can go around and taste individual wines from Spain. Maybe you're trying Tempranillo, or you want to learn something about about uh, crianzas or the way wines are aged. And so it's good to go to three or four or five wineries from the same region and to explore that and then move on. Also. Uh, personally, I use sparkling wine between big red wine tastings to cleanse the palate and refresh your palate. So rather than you know just walking around the room tasting sparkling wines, like go to California, taste some Cabernet, whatever, then go have a sparkling wine. It's a really good way to to uh, retweak your palate and get it ready for another big red or you know another big uh, meeting of uh, rich wines. So do that as well. Don't drink ports. <clears throat> you know, early in the evening, pay, you know, move towards them maybe later at night at the end of the evening when tasting sweet wine and higher alcohol is, is probably acceptable by that point. And eat something before you go. But if you don't, there's a lot more food this year at the festival. Terra Breads is there. There's uh, Oyama Sausages there on Saturday. So that's new. That's pretty impressive. There's also espresso, gelato. So you don't want to go there on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there are just so many things in the room, but, you know, be polite. Uh, as I say, the, the, is the whole thing is about table manner, 
uh, really approach the table, get your wine, move back, sample it, then go back in. Often, uh, believe it or not, folks, there's people who ask better questions than you do. So if you're hanging around the booth, you can actually hear their question uh, without blocking it. And then you, you learn before you go in, you've already learned a few things about the wine or the winery, and, and you don't have to repeat that. You can get more information uh, and also what I like to do is, uh, while I'm waiting at a table, ask people if they've had anything terrific around the room. Yes, that's uh, a very good idea. Because apparently uh, that's how people taste now. They get all their recommendations from their friends. So <laughs> that's a good opportunity to see whether that's a good way to go when you're tasting wine. But certainly there's always a buzz in the room about what the good wines are. Some say, yeah, I was over at so-and-so winery. Everybody's tasting this wine. Everybody's raving about it. So that's a good way to pick up sort of online tips in the room. And take notes, even if you only add a check mark or an X to a wine. Yeah, that's kind of cool because they actually, I think you'll notice that they take you a, a little more seriously if you've got a pen in your hand and you're making a couple of notes about the wine or checking it off or something like that. Um, and then I think another thing to keep in mind is let's say you love the wine. You have an opportunity to buy the wine that evening in the store. Sometimes I recommend you go directly to the store. I agree, because they do run out. Yeah, so Casey finds her favorite rosé. Don't wait till 10 o'clock. Wander over to the store, go in and get it. You can actually buy it, leave it there, pick it up at the end, or you can have it shipped to the uh, to the BCLS store that's in your neighborhood and you can pick it up the next week so you don't have to haul it home which is a really good way to go that would be my tip on buying buying wine and another thing the most important thing remember to spit yes don't this, be shy all the pros do it yeah there is uh, <coughs> really in in some ways i there is no reason to get uh, buzzed at the wine festival it's not necessary and it doesn't look good on you, and it doesn't look good on the festival. So you spit all night long. You'll be fine getting around the room. Of course, uh, we would also say uh, no driving. Just forget the car. It's not the night to drive. In fact, there's so many roadblocks, you're nuts to even get in a car uh, that evening. Uh, now that we have Uber and we have all these other options from the SkyTrain to transit to whatever, it's just completely unacceptable to be driving. So plan ahead and make sure that... Uh, uh, at the end of the night, you've got a plan to get home that doesn't involve driving. And one, I think, really important thing about drinking wine, because it can stain your teeth. So brushing your teeth right after wine tasting can strip your teeth of protective enamel. So do not brush your teeth right after wine tasting. No, just drink water. That will neutralize your uh, the acidity in your mouth. And, and uh, once the, the, the enamel resets in an hour or so, you can go at it uh, all you like. But... Uh, uh, don't do it in the room. And uh, I think that's it. Of course, no, drop you, by and see <laughs> us. Well, yeah, I was going to say, if you really want tips, just drop by and we'll tell you where to go when, when you're in the room uh, in between interviews. We'll be taping uh, the entire time we're there. See you inside the tasting room. That's it for today's show, folks. Thanks for listening in. Uh, well, across the province in Vancouver, Victoria, Kamloops, Kelowna, Penticton, and all of the South Okanagan. Plus, uh, don't forget you can listen to the show anytime on your favorite podcast provider. Uh, and uh, we will be, as a result of the Wine Festival, we will have uh, several podcast interviews that you'll be interested in hearing uh, as time goes by. Uh, 
uh, in the next month or two. Next week, the show is on location. We'll be at the Vancouver National Wine Festival. Look for us on the stage in the theme region of France. Apparently, we're going to be closer to the water than ever this year, I've been promised. Uh, so we'll be, be a little further north in the room uh, in the French section, which is the wine theme. Thanks for joining us today. For me, I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. The BC Food and Wine Radio Network is out. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.